Welcome to Central Assembly of God's podcast. We pray this message speaks to you. Happy Thanksgiving. It's great to have each one of you with us tonight. It's great to have a lot of our college students back in town, family members uh, from out of town visiting with family during this weekend. So we just appreciate you being with us uh, this evening. On this Thanksgiving Eve, I want to talk about choices. I want to talk about the power of the choice that we have each and every day to give thanks to God. We take a moment during the Thanksgiving season every year to focus in on that, right? To get specific about things that we're thankful for, to maybe make a list or just spend extra time in prayer giving thanks to God, but it shouldn't stop in this one day. So what I want to talk to you about just over the the next several minutes here is taking what we do in this specific time of the year and actually creating a lifestyle out of it. And I believe what Thanksgiving does is it positions our heart to allow blessings to flow through our lives because as those blessings flow in and we pour out Thanksgiving to God, we are reminding ourselves and we are reminding him that our belief is is that he is our sole provider. So what I want to do is take the next step in my own life and take it out of just during this one season and actually integrate that into my entire life. But we have some other important decisions to make, so I need your help by a show of hands. Tomorrow, when you're eating turkey, white meat or dark meat? White meat? Dark meat. Chad said, whatever fits on the plate. I like that. (laughs) Stuffing? Okay, no stuffing. Ooh. Gravy all over the place? Yeah. Oh, now we're getting excited. How long are we getting excited about gravy? No gravy. One dessert or three desserts? One dessert? Yeah, three desserts. Hallelujah. Football or no football? Football? No football. Ooh. Fall asleep on the couch or help out in the kitchen? Fall asleep on the couch? Man, put your hands down. Help out in the kitchen. All right. We have to sit every single day. We have choices to make. We have decisions to make. From the beginning of time, God created man and woman with the ability to make decisions. In fact, he gave us free will to actually make the choices that our will desires to make. So from the beginning, Adam and Eve chose to trust the serpent more than God. Noah chose to obey God in the midst of much ridicule. Samson chose to tell the secret of his strength. Saul chose to take things into his own hands. But David chose to be a man after God's own heart. Esther chose courage and bravery for the sake of her own people. John the Baptist chose to pave the way for Jesus instead of getting accolades himself. The disciples chose to give up everything to follow a rabbi named Jesus. The woman at the well chose to invite her entire town to come out and listen to Jesus preach. The woman with the issue of blood chose to push her way through the crowd just to touch the hem of his garment. Judas chose to betray Jesus and not turn back. But Peter chose to deny Jesus, but he did turn back. 
Jesus chose to complete the will of his Father by giving up his very own life on the cross. Paul chose to repent of terrorizing Christians and actually become one himself. And John chose to record the visions of heaven and the end times that God had shown him. God has given each one of us to make very powerful choices, right? We have the choice and the power to choose to obey now, to obey later, or to not obey at all. In fact, we actually have the choice, no matter what our circumstances are, to actually walk in victory and walk in joy. Or we can walk in defeat and we can walk in depression. God's given us the power of choosing. So when we think about this, every single human that has had breath in their lungs throughout all of the ages make choices that actually dictate the next stage of their lives. I think this is where we miss it because we don't understand our choices right now will actually allow the left hand or the right hand turn or the straight ahead in this next season. There's power in every single one of our choices. It'll affect our relationship with God. It'll affect our relationship with others. It'll affect how we view ourselves. If we choose foolishly, we get confused, right? It becomes more difficult to figure out what God wants us to do in life. When we choose wisely, including thanksgiving to God as a lifestyle, God's will is made very clear. I want to read two portions of scripture tonight. First one's from Ephesians chapter 5. Starting at verse 15, it says this. This is Paul talking to a church in the city of Ephesus. He said, be very careful how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So he's going to explain to us how we can actually make the most of every opportunity. Isn't it interesting? Even with families who are in strife and families who are in conflict, We'll put on our happy face for the holidays, right? Something can, we, can just, we can just get through these holidays. But he's actually saying that we can make the most out of every opportunity, not just at Thanksgiving, not just at Christmas, not just at Easter, but every opportunity of every day. He says, therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. So he's going to begin to explain what that is for our lives. He says, don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Sing and make music in your heart to the Lord. Always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to look at just two verses in that passage. Verse 17 says, therefore don't be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Verse 20 says, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything. In these verses, Paul's actually given us a lot of choices, isn't he? He's saying, don't do this, do this. Don't live like this, live like this. But within that, within understanding how not to live foolishly and to understand what God's will is for your life, he's actually saying that you should always give thanks to God for everything. Now, if you look at that word, everything, this is the wisest choice we can do, right? is give thanks to God in everything. That word is not everything, like the things that God does for you. If you look at the original language, it can actually be translated every happening. So every situation that God puts in your life, there's a way to thank God for that situation. It's tough, though, to train ourselves to think this way, right? It's tough to get something so regular in our lives that it actually becomes a lifestyle. He's saying, listen, every single day, make every chance to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to lift one another up, to encourage one another. But at the end, 
In every situation, in every circumstance, in every happening in your life, God actually gives us the grace, the enablement to give him thanks. To recognize his voice, to recognize his happenings, to recognize how his Holy Spirit's actually moving in our life. I started to think about like, okay, so how have I messed this up before? Like in my life, how have I, how have I missed God's happenings in my life where I haven't given him thanks? My first one was not enough sleep. <laughs> like when I'm tired, I'm cranky. And when I'm cranky, I don't see God working in my situations. And nobody's saying amen, brother. <laughs> and then I fail to give thanks to him. I thought about unforgiveness or jealousy, envy, looking at what everybody else has or what you don't have, right? That eliminates our capability to actually give thanks to him in everything or in, in every happening. But he's saying being wise is knowing what Scripture says God's will is for us to actually give thanks. So I want us to make sure of this, that our heart is good soil where blessings can be planted and a harvest of thanksgiving can come out. I want our hearts to be so ready to receive whatever comes our way that we will absolutely, positively find a way to give God thanksgiving. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 14, same writer, Paul says, I urge you, brothers, Warn those who are idle, encourage the timid, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Be sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always, be tr uh, always try to be kind with each other and everyone else. So these are, once again, a lot of choices that we can make in life. But he says, be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for, for you in Christ Jesus. Look at that verse again, it'll be up on the screen. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for your life to be able to find a way to give thanks to God in all circumstances. I know I have a far way to go in this, and I want to go further. In every single situation, I want to be able to find a way to give thanks to God. If you look at Ephesians where it says everything, and if you look at right here in 1 Thessalonians where it says circumstances, we are actually called in God's word to make a very difficult choice, right? This is actually a choice you have to make. It's an intentional act of your will to say, you know what? No matter what circumstance comes my way, no matter what happening happens in my life, I'm going to choose to give thanksgiving to my father. Now, in order to thank him for something, you actually have to recognize that he's doing something, Right? So that's a difficult choice sometimes, because sometimes you don't feel like it. Sometimes situations in your life don't line up the right way, right? You didn't get that good Black Friday deal. I, I don't know what could be going on, right? But we have to make an intentional act of our will to make a difficult decision to give thanks to God. So choices can be very hard. Some, not others, can be easy. Actually, kids, why don't you stand up at this time? Let's talk about choices. Children, if you had choices to make, your favorite ice cream flavor. What's your favorite ice cream flavor? Vanilla. All right. What about you, buddy? Chocolate. Chocolate? Go ahead, lean over. Twist. Ooh. God, Sam, you're a kid, buddy. What's your favorite flavor? I don't really eat ice cream. Oh. He chooses not to eat ice cream. Twist. Twist too. All right. 
Chocolate. Chocolate. What about you guys? Just tell me. Chocolate. Vanilla. Vanilla. What about by, back here? Yeah? We got all kind of, we got blue ice cream. We got all kind of ice creams. Okay. What about another choice? If you had a choice for what topping of pizza to have, what would you do? Cheese and pepperoni. Cheese and pepperoni. Catherine, go ahead. Supreme, everything. All right. What about you, darling? Pepperoni. I saved saved some kids over here for last. If you had a choice to play with friends or clean your room. (laughs) What about you guys? (laughs) What about you? I don't want to get yelled at, so clean my room. Good choice. Children? Play with friends? Play with friends? Yes. What about you? Play with friends. Okay. Children, I want you to stand all back up. I want to ask you a question. If you had a really good day at school and a really good day at home, so at school, you rocked it out at recess, you got an extra recess, you got, did great on a test in school, you came home, you got rewarded by your parents, you were allowed to have friends over, would your choices change or would you still have the favorite ice cream choice the favorite choice to play with friends, the favorite pizza toppings. Would you choose the same things? Really good day? Shake your hand. What if you had a bad day? What if you failed a test? What if you tripped on the playground and got hurt? What if you came home and got in trouble, but you still had a choice for ice cream? Would you have the same choice for ice cream, same choice for pizza, same choice for friends? Yes or no? Yes, you can sit down now. The reason why these children would make the same choice in a good circumstance or a bad circumstance is because their mind is made up before the circumstance ever existed. But adults have such a hard time giving thanks to God because our mind isn't made up before the circumstance exists. We say, we're going to wait and see how all this works out. We're going to wait to see how good of a day it was or how bad of a day it was. We're going to wait to see how high the bills were or how low the bills were. And then we'll give God praise if the bills were low. God blessed us this this month with low bills. What was he doing when the bills came in high? He was still providing you with enough money to pay those bills. Are you following me? What we need to do as adults is ask God for the grace to come upon us, that we will make our minds up tonight to make it a lifestyle of giving thanks to God in everything and in all circumstances. It's a decision and a choice that we actually get to make. It's easy to thank him, right, with the new job, making more money, entering a new relationship, getting engaged or married accepted at the college you picked, doing good on a test, doing good at your competition, winning your game, however it applies to you. But if you lose the job, make less money, a relationship goes bad, you're denied the school, you fail the test, your team goes 0-10, you miss out on your competition, our minds could be made up before those ever happen to find God's activity in every circumstance right? It's like putting spiritual binoculars on and say, God, no matter what I'm going through right now, no matter what situation it is, I'm looking for the details of your activity. I'm looking for where your blessings are. I'm looking for where your voice is. I'm looking for how you're leading me and you're guiding me. And we're simply making a choice, an intentional act of our will. Paul's not saying to thank God that you lost your job. Are you following me? He's not saying to thank God that you failed your test. 
I, I wouldn't go into my prayer closet, like, God, I just thank you so much that the bullies picked on me again. Thank you so much that my neighbor ran over my mailbox. I, I just really appreciate that, Lord. Right? So we're not thanking God for sending us a bad circumstance. We're thanking God for getting us through the bad circumstance. We're looking for his activity in good and bad to say, God, you're getting me through it so I can actually live in victory and my heart can remain pure. My heart can remain sensitive to your activity in my circumstance. So when our heart is sensitive, when our spiritual binoculars are on, we will find the activity of God. And we'll be able to turn to him and say, you're my source. You're my sole provider. And Heavenly Father, I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't understand what situation's happening, but I give you thanksgiving. I offer you thanksgiving for being my God, for being my Father, for being my protector, for being my strong tower, for being my refuge. I thank you, even in the midst of not understanding what's going on. I want you to know God did not ordain bad things to happen in your life. He's not the initiator of sadness, loneliness, isolation, depression. God didn't author a calamity to happen in your life. What he did is he took advantage of a calamity while it was here, and he comes close to you and protects you and guides you and empowers you and gives you grace to walk straight through it. And it's our choice and our privilege and our opportunity to just say, thank you, God. Thank you that no matter how bad or how good things seem, it's all temporary. I can give thanks to my heavenly father. And we can make our minds up to do that this evening. You know, many of you, maybe not all of you, but many of you, uh, tomorrow will be with friends or family. And you'll have a choice when you enter into that house. You have a choice whether you should sit on the couch Mind your own business, not talk to anybody, skip the meal, skip the blessing, don't enjoy anything. Or you have a choice to walk into the house and greet people and engage in conversation, engage in the life of what's going on there, to sit at the table, to receive the meal, to receive the blessing, and actually enjoy that moment. Now, regardless of what happens in the natural tomorrow, every single one of you are invited to a different table. Every single person, no matter what circumstance, no matter what background, no matter how much or how little family is around tomorrow, you're invited to the table of Holy Communion. You're invited to this table to be able to partake in the meal, right? To be able to receive the blessing, to be able to have joy in knowing that the body and the blood has paid for everything so that you would be made right with Christ. And when I picture that, how can we go through a season and not give thanks? to God? How can three, four months from now you know, uh, go by and now tragedy hits, calamity hits, whatever strikes, and us not be able to say, you know what? In the midst of all of it, I'm invited to this table. Every single day, I'm invited to the table of Holy Communion. I'm invited to the table of remembering what Christ has done for me. The natural response out of all of that is absolutely, positively thanksgiving. You know, Jesus set the best example of giving thanks. Do you know that on the night he was betrayed, on the night that the soldiers came to arrest him, on the night that his followers deserted him, on the night that Peter denied him, and on the night that the beatings and the accusations began, and the night before his crucifixion, Jesus gave thanks. Do you know that? 
In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, it says, On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it. Like if anyone in all of humanity had the right to say, what about to happen? What, what about to ha- is, is what is about to happen to me is injustice. This isn't fair. This isn't right. What is coming down the street? The most difficult time of his life, as he emptied himself out and lived the life of a servant, he knew what was coming to him. Do you know he knew Judas was going to betray him as he was washing his feet? And in that moment, as he grabs the bread and he grabs the cup, he gives thanks to it. I mean, I'm looking at that today and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, so many times in my life have been like a lot better than what Jesus was about to face. And I'm holding on to full meals, enough money to pay my bills, the love of a family, the love of friends. And yet at times I've noticed it's not a lifestyle of thanksgiving yet. So I'm going to make the choice to put it into my lifestyle, to remember this moment, to remember this table that I'm invited to every day of my life, to remember the sacrifice of Christ. And that's what we're going to do over these next few moments. Todd, you can have the ushers come forward at this time. Because we're just going to partake. You're going to be able to partake in the meal. You're going to be able to receive the blessing. You're going to, going to be able to partake in the moment that Jesus was saying, Father, I give you thanks for this. Do you know he wasn't giving thanks to God just for bread and for wine that night? Do you know what he saw that night? He saw joy. He experienced joy on the eve of his crucifixion. In fact, it said that it was the joy that was set before him that took him to the cross. Because do you know what he saw and how he was able to give God thanks? He saw salvation coming to man. He saw healing and deliverance coming to man and woman. He saw victory over death coming to all of humanity. And he saw orphans, both men and women, being brought back to the love of the Father. And that's what we can give thanks for tonight. The joy that Jesus had set before him that led him to the cross, that brought us into right relationship with God. We would ask, all of you are invited to partake tonight. We would just ask that you hold it together until everybody's received and then we'll partake together.
Psalm 106 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. It says, Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare His praise? When we think about what we're going to do and we're going to partake in communion and think about His body and His blood and what He did, the question remains, who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Heavenly Father, we come to you in this moment remembering the body of Christ that was beaten for our healing, body, mind, and spirit. Father, tonight we come remembering the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of all sins for all mankind. And we still stand before you and we say, who can fully declare your praise? Who can tell of all of your mighty acts? But Father, today, in our limited capacity, in our limited vocabulary, we say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you. We say thank you for taking those beatings. Thank you for shedding that blood. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for giving us victory over death. Thank you for giving us victory over our circumstances. Thank you for making us your beloved child. Thank you for calling us to your side. Thank you for your protection. Thank you for your provision. Thank you for power that flows in us and through us. Thank you for never sleeping and never slumbering. Thank you for watching over us as we sleep. Thank you for dancing over us. Thank you for singing over us. Thank you for making us righteous. Thank you for allowing no more condemnation to come upon us. Thank you for removing all guilt and shame. Thank you for allowing us to call you daddy. I thank you that you're kind and you're gracious and you're merciful, but you're also powerful and just and holy. Father, we thank you for every aspect, every element, every area, every characteristic that we can even behold on this side of eternity. But we continue to say, who can fully declare your praise? But tonight, Father, we take the bread together, remembering the beatings, the whippings, and the lashings you took for our healing. Let's take the bread together this time. Whether you're young or whether you're old, if you can understand what I'm saying, and you're sick in body or if you're sick in mind right now, I want you to place your hands on that area yourself. And Heavenly Father, we come to you right now knowing that by your stripes we were healed. Father, we come to you declaring the word of the Lord, saying that you have taken every beating you're ever going to take for our healing. Healing has already been paid for. So we pray right now for healing to flow in this room, to flow through bodies and to flow through minds right now in Jesus' mighty name. We command sickness and illness and disease to leave bodies now in Jesus' mighty name. I command bacteria 
and viruses to leave bodies now in the mighty name of Jesus. And Father, we ask that you, by your Holy Spirit, specifically would come and reorder chemicals in the mind of those who are struggling right now. That they would have clear thought processes, that headaches would be gone, that dizziness would be gone, that imbalance would be gone, all because of what you have already paid by your stripes. And we just receive it now in Jesus' mighty name. And Father, now we declare your praise by what your blood has accomplished by forgiving all sins. And we take the cup together at this time. Father, your blood is not just powerful enough to forgive past sin, but your blood is powerful enough to break the power of sin in lives right now. So we just ask and we plead the blood of Jesus over every person in this room that you would come now and break addictions, break bad sinful habits, break uh, ways of walking wayward away from the Lord, break the power of sin in the lives of the people of this church, that we'd be able to walk in victory and in confidence and in boldness, that your blood is just as powerful as it was the day that it dropped from your hands and your feet and your side. We receive the benefits of your body and we receive the benefits of your blood. If you'd agree with that, would you stand up and just give him praise at this time. Father, we give you thanksgiving. We give you praise and honor and glory. We receive your body and we receive your blood. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.